0: This is the Tanakh podcast, and we are learning Yaheskel Perek Kafhet, Ezekiel chapter 28. It's dark outside, but it's light for all of our is for healing for all of the wounded from the war and that our hostages, our prisoners, our chatufim should all come out from darkness to light at this Hanukkah time. So today we'll talk about chapter 28. We're going to talk about pride in the Garden of Eden and a little bit about Hanukkah. This is the third chapter where we're dealing with Tyre, the kingdom of and We've already mentioned that Tzor was a sort of impregnable Uh, island in the sea which um, represented uh, a fortress that was unconquerable and our chapter is going to be well there are four paragraphs the first is about Nagidzor the the leader or the king of Tzor the next one about Melech Tzor um, about the king of Tzor and then we're going to have uh, an address to the kingdom of Sidon which is the neighboring kingdom and last, the fourth paragraph, is about the return of Bene Yisrael to their borders. When we're dealing with the king of Tzor, his sin is a sin of phenomenal hubris. He says, You sit like a god in the middle of the sea. But you're a human, you're not a god. Here we see that there is a sense of arrogance, of of pompousness, of vanity. Um, what gives him this vanity? Well, of course, his wealth. Um, but also their technology. Um, he says, you you were like Daniel. Daniel, not our Daniel. Apparently there was a very wise person called Daniel. He necha Daniel, kol satum lo So this is a society with know-how, technology, um, intellect, wealth. And what's fascinating is that in the second paragraph about the king of of Tzor, by the way, the Abarbanel thinks that the Nagid and the Melech are different people, but some people think they're the same. He starts saying that Tzor looks at itself as the Garden of Eden, which is just fascinating because the Garden of Eden isn't mentioned so much in Tanakh. He says, I'm reading from verse 13, you thought you were in the garden of God. What's fascinating here is that they are merging the temple. These are the stones, the precious stones or the semi-precious stones from the breastplate of of the high priest and they're putting them In the Garden of Eden, along with the cherubs, along with the kruvim, there are kruvim in the Garden of Eden. He says, um, he says, Uh, there are there are cherubs in the Garden of Eden. There are cherubs in the Temple, and he says, you think you're living in a har kodesh, Elohim ayita, but you're going to be taken down. You think you are in the Garden of Eden. What is this? What is this uh, atmosphere of the Garden of Eden? So, you know, w- w- what's really happening here is the prophet is, is describing the leader of, of Tyre, almost like Adam HaRishon in Gan Eden. And um, Tyre, which is so wealthy and so protected, feels like the Garden of Eden. And the, the leader of Tzor um, feels like he can aspire, the v'hitem l'elohim yode'a tovarah he is so intelligent, he is so protected. Um, Maybe even after God has been unseated in Jerusalem and the Jewish people have been unseated, now he is exclusive leader in the region. Um, And therefore, um, this chapter which deals with the sin of hubris and and pride says, if kings who feel invincible like gods and protected and surrounded by wealth, just like the Garden of Eden, and who aspire with their technology to be gods, God promises that they, they will find their demise. And in fact, interestingly, even though we said that the that the Babylonians were unsuccessful in defeating Saur, defeating Tyre, they actually did take their king, and this chapter is about their king. They did take their kings in their king, whose name was Etzbaal the Third, um, in captivity to to Babylon. And we're reading this on Hanukkah. And to me, Hanukkah seems to represent the, the power of small things. What do I mean? I, I, these are difficult times and we're, we're at war. And I, I really wasn't in the mood for celebrating Hanukkah at all until on Motei Shabbat, I was sent a video clip from my son's unit, my son's Pluga, his platoon, making Havdalah in the thick of their fighting them all dressed in full battle dress in total darkness because they black out the house so they won't be a target, making Havdalah in Gaza. The room's totally darkened, and they light the Havdalah candle and everybody begins to sing. Somehow they even had a guitar there. And one small candle lit the dark room of these like brave fighters, these modern Maccabees. Uh, as they say, Hine el-Yeshuati, the God of my salvation, Eftach, I'll have faith, V'lo'evchad and I won't have fear. And they're they're, they're singing about redemption and blessing. And I felt very instinctively the the aphorism attributed to many people in history, but also to the Baal Shem Tov, a little light banishes a lot of darkness. And and that this is exactly what Hanukkah is, because Hanukkah is the small light that, that banishes the darkness. We light candles specifically at nightfall. We light them in the depths of the winter when the nights are long and they overwhelm the daylight and according to the core talmudic tradition the the mitzvah is nerish or beto just one one candle per household and the theme of hanukkah then would be the 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 power of small things that that single jar bearing the seal of the high priest you know after the chashmoneim had defiled all the oils or, as Al-Hanissim says, you know, giborim biyad chalashim, rabbim biad ma'atim. We were the ma'atim, we were the few, we defeated the numerous. We were the weak, we defeated the mighty. And this power of small things, one jar, one day of oil, the weak, the few, is, is our Jewish story. And it goes against, you know, so many nations who have been caught up with their conceit and their pride and their arrogance and their pomposity and their aspirations to rule the entire world. And we will win this war in Gaza through power, just like the Machabim. but we all know that our power is not the power, it's not the the idea of power, it's the power of ideas. (laughs) That it's the the ideas which we represent, the notion of good, the notion of tov, the notion of of emet, as opposed to our, our despicable enemies which is going to, it's, it's the light that we represent rather than the darkness they represent, which is going to take us through history. And then we can quote the last psukim of our Perak. Our prakim have gone through, from chapter 25 to here, have gone through all of our regional enemies, our regional neighbors who who became enemies to us. And now we end the Perak with these optimistic lines. Ko elokim. So says God, when I gather the Jewish people, from the lands to which they've been scattered i will be sanctified through the jewish people the jewish people will be the instruments of god's sanctification when people look at the restoration of the jewish people they will realize the greatness of god and they'll live in their land which i have given to my servant to yaakov to the people who represent yaakov yaakov also the figure who fought in the night they will dwell securely and safely in the land they will build homes they will plant vineyards and they will dwell in a state of calm when i do judgments on all of those who mocked them of all the nations around Hashem and they will know that I am Hashem their God so with these lines we will hope for times of safety times of calm and I wish everybody that that Chanukah light should shine in the darkness Chanukah Sameach It's dark outside but it's light in here Chanukah